0: is my savior's love for me as a matter of fact that's what we're going to be speaking about this morning and if you have your word turn to john three and um and we're going to be looking at verse 16 as a starting point today but we're well, i'll be looking also over in first john but we're just going to, to to begin with probably the the most recognized verse in, in all the scripture if you took all of scripture you had to reduce them down to one verse Probably the story of Scripture is best summarized in John 3.16. And you can never quote it enough, you can never think about it enough as, as you sing that song, How Marvelous, How Wonderful is My Savior's Love for Me. And um, let's all stand together in, 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 in honor of God's Word, and I want us to quote that verse together. And um, then we'll we'll pray. We'll be seated. We'll we'll get in. And, and again, should be then turning to First John because I'll, I'll be taking most of our text from there. But I just wanted us to to to, to quote John three sixteen together. And if you would quote that for me, with me, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, and whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. John three sixteen. Do you believe that? You know, have, have you really stopped and just taken that word and, and, and just, just chewed on it and thought about it? What that means, for God so loved the world, and, and, and the word so there is not so much of an intensive, but it's kind of showing this is how God loves us. For this is how God loved the world, that he gave his only begotten son. And then that great promise that whosoever, for whoever would believe in him, would not perish, but have everlasting life. Oh, folks, how good is that? Let's pray. Father God, we pray that you'd take this word, that you'd begin to warm our hearts. And, and God, that um, as we come in this, this season of Christmas, a season where we recognize the and remember the birth of Christ, that, that, Lord, that we we never forget just the primary purpose of this all is to, to show your great love for us. And I just pray that you'd be across... Each of our hearts this morning, Lord, I don't, I don't know where different people are in their lives. and um, but, but God, I, I do know that we all have this, this deep need within each of our lives, God, the, the need of love. I believe that you put that in our hearts, dear Father. I, I pray that the God, that you created us in a way, that, that Lord, that, that God, that we find our greatest joy, our, our greatest value, our greatest purpose, God, uh, through that, that love of God. And, and I just pray today, Lord, that one, one thing I prayed even before coming here this morning, that God, that there's someone here this morning that, that just needs to know that God loves them. And because, Lord, I, I realize that sometimes life gets so messed up that, God, we're, we, we think that we're incapable of being loved, but God, that you loved us all. And the Bible says, whoever would believe in you would not perish but have everlasting life. And so, God, I pray that you'd speak to that soul today. God, that you'd just let them know I love you. And God, that you'd open their heart to receive that. In Christ's name, amen and amen. Well, as we come, I just get so fired up about Christmas season. And as they were beginning to to put up our backdrops, and I've said, and I've, I've watched the children practice that just blessed my heart. They brought those little preschoolers in. They, they sang their songs. Just, just the excitement of Christmas. And as we, we come to this time of the year where we celebrate the birth of our Lord Jesus Christ, I want us to not to forget that the, the primary, the primary God, purpose and the primary part of the gospel is that God loves you. As a matter of fact, Brother, Brother John Grimm came to me the other day. Says, said, Pastor, you know, I, I was reading the Word the other day and just realized that, 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 that Genesis 1 and 2, Genesis 1 and 2 kind of speaks of the creation account of, of what God had set for man and placed man in a perfect environment. But, you know, chapter 3 is when, when man really messed up. When man chose to rebel against God, when re- man chose to, to do things his own way, when man chose to, 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 to really take the throne of his own life, and man really messed up. But let me just tell you that we've been messing up ever since. It doesn't matter who you are. And it doesn't matter how bad that you've messed up because the rest of the story is about how much God loves you. Because it had been very easy for God when, when, when God, who created a perfect man, placed him in a perfect environment, embraced him and loved on him, and then man says, you know, God, God I'm going to do it my way. It had been very easy for God Said, that's enough of all of this. I'll just make a new creation. But through the rest of the Word of God, it shows that how God loved fallen man. And God proved that love through the gift of his son Jesus Christ for God so loved the world this is how God loved the world that he would give his only begotten son his one and only son Wow for God so loved the world as a matter of fact we find in scripture we've been studying about this recently that that really that throughout all of scripture throughout the the, the from the beginning to the very end from again from 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 the third chapter of 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 genesis or from the first chapter of genesis right to the end in revelation the primary theme is love as a matter of fact it was when he gathered the people of israel together and and he gave them the ten commandments that he wanted them to remember that, that hero Israel Lord thy God is one I shall love the Lord thy God with all your heart with all your soul With all your mind so that's what God desires out of each of us. He loves us and he says if you just love me With all your heart with all your soul with all your might not don't don't give me just the breadcrumbs I want all of you Because that's what I gave I gave all of me as a matter of fact when when Jesus was asked, you know, what's the greatest commandment, and 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 Jesus said, that's pretty easy. He says to love the Lord with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind. He just quoted what what Moses had written in, in, in Genesis the sixth chapter. He says, Then then you need to love your neighbor as yourself. You know, isn't very interesting when 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 Paul was speaking about the gifts and when he's speaking and and. and and 1 Corinthians 13 and apparently what happened that we're told that the Corinth church is one of the most gifted of all the churches But they begin to pride themselves and begin to you know Look how how what great a gifts that I have and But where he says, you know the greatest of all this is, is love because it doesn't matter how great a teacher your Administrator you might be doesn't matter how great a speaker you may be if you don't have love you don't have anything Because he says, and the last of these is faith, hope, and love, but the greatest of these is love. I think it's also interesting that when Paul writes and and he he speaks of the fruit of the Spirit, what's the very first fruit that is spoken of? Love. I mean, you can't get away from it, folks. That, that, That love is the primary subject of all of Scripture about how God loves fallen man. And and, I, and the great story is I gave everything I had to redeem fallen man. We sang about it, to ransom fallen man. I paid your price for it. And, and if you really want to live and you really want to fulfill the purpose that I have for you, what you need to do is return your love back to me. Because that's how you're going to fulfill purpose. That's how you're going to find joy. That's how you're going to really have peace within your life. Not loving, just simply loving yourself or loving the stuff of this world, but loving God. Because only Him can you find your greatest pleasure. That's why when we studied last week when God was writing to the church of Ephesus and He spoke about all the great things that the, the church of Ephesus had done, and He really complimented them in and, and, and so many of their good works. But He says, you know what, though? Beside, but even though you've done all of these good things for me, You still lack one thing. He says, this is what I have against you. You've left your first love. And I think that all of us, all of us can find ourselves there at some times. That we get so busy doing good things, we forget the most important thing, to love God. And so today, as we enter this Christmas season, there's going to be a lot of stuff going on. We're We're going to have pageants. We're going to boy in our bible studies we're going to be singing just wonderful worship songs and and but folks we don't want to forget this christmas season that the greatest of these is love and i think it's very very interesting as as i think on this particular subject matter as as john was the the, the same apostle that that god used to write even john three sixteen, he wrote a little letter at the end that we find at the end of the scripture called first john and, he, and he's really talking about the assurances of our salvation and how to, be, to know that you're saved. But he gets around to the same subject matter again. Maybe it's because Jesus said these words. He says, this is how the world might know that you're the, my disciples. You know what he said? Is that you might love one another. Gosh, he gets right around to the same subject again. But something that's interesting to me, that as John is speaking to the people about the importance of loving one another, he reveals very much about the love that god has for you and me and that's what i want us to look at this morning oh how marvelous oh how wonderful is my savior's love for me let's just look at some of that today if you if you have your bibles turn to first john and i'm just going to read this text because it's in the context of he, he's speaking to people about the importance of loving one another but he he then addresses through this about challenging people of the importance of love of just how we need to reflect God's love to us. and Let's look at, at John the fourth chapter if you would and um, in your notes it might say 11. I want to back it up a little bit because it gives you the, the context. I want to back it back to verse seven and then I want to read through this and come back and we're going to trace how many times are that we find out about how God loves you and me. Uh, he says beloved in verse 7 of, of chapter On 4 of verse John, he says, beloved, let us love one another, for love is of God. This is not something man has come up with. This is of God. And everyone that loveth is born of God and knoweth God. He that loveth not knoweth not God, for God is love. As a matter of fact, and this is something you'll learn if you took that Greek class that." we find that, that 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 interesting little word is as a matter of fact within within the greek if, if, tell me if i'm wrong it's ami or hami i mean and um but a good way to remember when you see is it means equals because what it's doing is saying these are the same things god equals love god is love and he says for god is love you can't get around that. And then he says, and this was manifested the love of God toward us because that God sent his only begotten son into the world that we might live through him. He says, this is how God showed that he loved us, as he sent his only son into the world. And he says, and herein is love. Not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son to be the propitiation of our sins. No man has seen, uh, beloved, if God so loved us, we ought to also love one another. No man has seen God at any time, if we love one another, God dwelleth in us, and his love is perfected in us. Hereby know we that, that we dwell in him, and he in us, because he hath given us the Spirit. And if we have seen and do testify that the Father sent his Son to be Savior of the world, whosoever shall confess that Jesus is the Son of God dwelleth in him, and he in God, and we have known And believe the love that God has to us. Again, he says, God is love. Isn't that good? God's love. He, He just wants to repeat it again. And he that dwelleth in love dwelleth in God and God in him. Herein is our love made perfect that we may have boldness in the day of judgment. Because as he is, so are we in the world. There is no fear in love, but perfect love casteth out fear. Because he that fear hath torment... He that feareth, feareth is not made perfect in love. And then in verse 19, he says, We love him because he first loved us. Wow. This is so much information on this whole matter of love. Hear, O Israel, Lord thy God is one. You need to love God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind. The second commandment is, is, is love one another. But how do we do that? How do we do that the way that it is pleasing to God? I think that a good way to do that is reflect on God because I love what John says. I, I went back and I double highlighted this in verse 10. He says, do you want to know what love really is? Because, folks, we, we understand that within our society that we have such a twisted view on love. It's all messed up. And if I, if I, ask, if, if I went down the row and, and asked people or if I got on the streets and said, do you love God? By far, most people say, yeah, I love God. But the question is, do you really? What, what's your definition of love? And, and John says these words in verse 10. He says, here's what love is. If you really want to know what love is, John, John says, here he is. He says, it's not that we love God, but that he loved us and sent his son to be the propitiation for our sin to settle God's wrath, that God placed his wrath on Jesus Christ that we deserved. He said, now that's what love is. And let's break that down. Let's look at God's love for man. I think the first thing we need to understand that when, when we think about God's love for mankind, for love for you and me, that the that, that first that we need to see that, that God's love is a preexistent love, and, um, and listen to what he says in verse 19 when he says, we love him because he first loved us. I think that's so cool, that, that God loved me when I wasn't loving him. God was loving on me when I was out being a, just a rascal. When I was out there just just knee, just knee nose deep into my sin and to be frank with you, enjoying every moment of it. God was loving me when, when I really didn't want God to get in my way. He was loving me when I wasn't wanting to speak God's name around my friends because they, they, they might make fun of me. See, God was loving on me before I was ever even thought about loving him. See, God loved me in my mother's womb. As a matter of fact, we find that, as Paul speaks about it, that that, that really God loved us even before the foundation of the world. Paul writes in Ephesians 1, 4, just as he chose us in him before the foundation of the world. Isn't that amazing? Vicky, isn't it good that God knew your name for the foundation of the world? He loved you. I mean, the world hadn't even created yet. But God was loving on us then. And folks, that's the type of love that God has for you and me. I as I think and I meditate upon that, the best I can equate it, and it doesn't even begin to. to, to it doesn't even really begin to scrape the depth of God's love is that God loved us before we loved him I think about parents and I think about parents before they ever have their children they begin to pray for their children before they're ever born did any of your parents do that? that you begin to pray that, that Lord that one day when you give us a child that God that you'd bless our children and I remember doing that, and I, I remember just also, even after we had children, praying for our grand- grandchildren. Even when our when our children were children, just praying for them. You know, I didn't even know whether it would be girl or boy. I didn't know, didn't know what their name would call. I didn't know what they'd look like, but God, I'm just praying for my children. And and so even before my children were ever even conceived, none one and me would pray for them because we loved them then. And then when and and then when after conception, we you know. This was way back, you know. This, this is all the so, you know all the sonogram all the stuff. Then you just you know you found out when you got the baby. You, know, you older people, you know what I'm talking about. And um, um, you just you just you just you just painted your 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 nursery in white until the baby came. And um, the man, how we loved our girls, even when they were in Wanda Sue's womb that we loved on those children. You know, isn't it funny how you, how you talk to them? And I know the mamas do that a lot more than you know, the daddies do, but you talk to your children, you love them, and you don't, again, you, you don't know what they look like, you don't know the color of their hair, you don't even know the, the sex of the child, but you, you're, you're loving that child. Folks, that's how God loves us. Even before the foundation of the world, God was loving on us. And even when we were in our mother's womb, God was knowing on us. Now, he perfectly knew us. He he already knew everything about us. He he even knew that we'd be rebellious. There's one thing where, you know, that you have to understand that ignorance is bliss. I'm I'm so glad I I don't know the future because it would drive me crazy. But see, God knew the future, and God knew how we would rebel against him, but God still loved us. Heck, you know, if, if half of us knew what our children would do, we wouldn't even have them, you know? Um, <laughs> yeah, I'm just, I'm just saying that, you know. <laughs> but see, God knew everything about us, and he still loved us pre existent. Before we ever loved him, God loved us. I think that's amazing. God loved me with all my warts and, and everything. And, and so God loved us preexistent. He loved us before we loved him. But also we find in John that, that, that there's a perfect love of God. John refers to in 1 John 4, 18, there's no fear in love, but perfect love consists that cast out fear. God loves us perfectly. How can God love us perfectly? Because he's a perfect God. As a matter of fact, we find that God is love, but the one one characteristic of God that is spoken in in a triune way, speaking about the perfectness, and it's done in the Old as well as in the New Testament, is is God's holiness. Holy, holy, holy. God, you're holy. And and that's the foundation of a a righteous God that, that we can recognize that when God loves us, he loves us out of his holiness. That, that God loves us in a perfect way. There's no selfishness in the love of God. There's, 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 there's no um, anger within the love of God because as much as I might love my children and I might love someone else, folks, I'm loving them through a sinful man. And some and my love will be tainted with selfishness sometimes. My love will be t- you know would will would, would be tainted with anger sometimes because folks I live in a sinful flesh. And as much as I want to love my child in a perfect way, I can't. I'm telling you, there's times in my life that I had an unrighteous anger because of the way a child might have been acting out. Because they were aggravating me. Has your children ever aggravated you? Have you ever said something to your child? I, I remember distinctly, I had to go back and apologize to my oldest daughter, Carolee, when she was an adult, because, boy, I, I spanked her little bottom one time, and folks, it wasn't out of discipline, it was because I was mad at her. And I could tell when I did it, it kind of scared her, and, and she didn't even remember, it. I... As an adult, I, I had to go back and, I, and say, Carolee, I want to apologize to you because I acted out of anger towards you one time. Daddy, what do you mean? And say, so she didn't know that, but I knew that. And, and I, I had to ask her forgiveness. And I love my daughter, Lee. But she irritated my selfishness one day. And you know what I'm talking about. We never irritate God's selfishness. God's God's holy. When he loves us, he loves us in a perfect way. And that's just amazing. His love is pure. It's always going to be the best for us because there's never any self-gain for God. He's always going to do the right thing. And so therefore, when I know when God's loving me, he's always acting in my best interest. And so the Bible says, there's no, when, when I know that there's someone who loves me like that, I don't have to fear because I know he's always going to do the right thing in my life. Isn't that good? I don't have to understand what's going on. I don't even have to necessarily like what it seems like God's doing in my life, but I don't have to fear because I know that God is doing the right thing in my life. And I know for my children, as much as possible, I'm always going to do the right thing for them. But I, but I still realize my incapabilities but I know for God, is perfect, and he's loving me, and, 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 and everything he does in my life is driven by his perfect love for you and me, so I don't have to be afraid. Wow. I think it's just an amazing thought that, that God's love toward you and me is perfect. It's always righteous. It's always God's love for us is demonstrative. God just doesn't say he loves us, folks. He shows his love. He loves us. As a matter of fact, we, we see in verses, in, 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 in verse 9 of, of, of 1 John 4, he says, And this was manifested the love of God toward us. Because God sent his only begotten son into the world that we might live through him. Look what John 3.16 said, For God so loved the world. In this manner, God loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believes in him would not perish, but have everlasting life, Romans 5, 8. But God demonstrates, he manifests his love toward us, and even while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. See, God's love is not just some, some type of spoken love, some type of gushy love, some type of pacifying love. God's love really does not even have to be spoken because it was shown. You know, there's a lot of people that you ask them if they loved God, but then when you begin to look at, look at the fruit in their life to show how, how do they demonstrate their love for God, you can't find very much. As a matter of fact, you're, you're almost amazed. How can you say you love God and then you live this type of life? But see, God does not do that. God would never have to say one time that he loved us because he demonstrated it time after time after time after time. Want to assume me? We were talking late last night. How God's blessed us so much. He's shown his love to us more than we deserve. I can promise you that. I mean, I, I've been an absolute knucklehead sometimes. But God still loves me. He has demonstrated his love in my life time and time again. And boy, one way he's done it, he's never left me nor forsaken me. Another way of God's love is unconditional. Unconditional. I think you can see that very very clearly that here in his love, not that we loved God, but God loves us. Again, when we were not loving God, when we were in all of our sin, God was loving on you and me. Romans five, eight has just always gripped my soul, and that's probably kind of a lie first for me that God demonstrated his love to me while I was yet a sinner. You know what that tells me? That God loves me unconditionally. God didn't tell me, if you do this, 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 and this, then I'll love you. God says, you know, I'll choose you from the foundation of the world, and I'm just going to love on you. Isn't that good? You know, when you're out there in all of your craziness, when you're out there... Shaming the name of God, God's still loving on us. It's unconditional. How good is that, folks? That that God loves us where we are. And I I don't know where you are within your life, but folks, I'm going to tell you this. I do know one thing. I I can tell you that God loves you. And maybe you've not wanted any part of God. Maybe, maybe you know, you've had some things going on in your life and you shaking your fist at God and say, God, I don't even want you around in my life. Or, God, I don't even believe that you're there. Hey, you're not running off the love of God. God still loves you. Because God knows our frailties. And matter of fact, that's why God sent a son for us because if God didn't love us and when we were in our, in, 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 in our sin, he would have just said, okay, get you some of it. God loved us unconditionally that whosoever believed in him would not perish but have everlasting life. Boy, that whosoever, boy, that, that brushes a big path. God loved the prostitute. God loved the drug dealers. God loved the murderers. When one when of me was in college, Matter of fact, we'd just gotten married when the tragedy occurred, where Ted Bundy killed all the girls, and it was vicious. It was vicious. And um, you know, how could God love Ted Bundy? From the night before Ted Bundy was executed, Dr. James Thompson had visited with him, and James and Ted Bundy spoke of his salvation. You see, that almost doesn't seem fair, does it? How can God love a Ted Bundy? Folks, God, he, he's one of those whosoever's out there. You might be a psychopath. You might be a murderer. You may be taking the life of a baby. But God still loves you. Because his, his love is not based upon what you do. His love is based upon his character. He loves you. And it's he that chose to love you. See, his love is not an emotion. His love is a choice. And his choice is love. That is just amazing to me. That He loves us with an unconditional love. He loves us with a... Also, he loves us with an everlasting love. I think it's one thing to understand that God loves you unconditionally, that he embraces you no matter where you come from but folks he loves you he continues to love you even after you trip and fall he's promised i'll never leave you nor forsake you he told the people of israel who who turned their back on god time and time and time and time again But they told them through jeremiah the lord has appeared to me of old saying yes i have loved you with an everlasting love Therefore with loving kindness I've drawn you therefore my steadfast love with my kiss that I have drawn you You see God's love is a covenantal love when he's chosen to love us folks We can't we can't undo that because God's not going to break his covenant And if God has covenanted to, to love you before the foundation of the world He's going to keep on loving you at the end of the world Isn't that good? You see and, and God's love is it, when it's perfect it's not here one day and here one day. I can be moody. You know, and one day, I, I, one day it's not that I show my love very much, and, and another day, you know, I might be loving it. But folks, God's love is perfect. And then, you know, God's love doesn't grow. You know, sometimes as people, we grow in love because as we get to know someone even more, we love them more and more. But God always has loved us the same way. and 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 folks from the foundation of the world to the very end of the world he loves us with an everlasting love see there's some of you that 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 maybe think that well you've done something that how can god love me anymore folks god does not stop loving you because he loves you with an everlasting love I, i i felt that i really needed to put this in here because it is a way of god's love god loves us with a tough love and when i speak about that um I'm speaking about God loves us enough that he's not going to just leave us to ourselves, And so God's going to love us with a disciplinary love, or well, I'm just saying tough love, because the writer of Hebrews says these words, when he's speaking about, about God's love for mankind, he writes these words in Hebrews 5, or Hebrews 12, chapter 5, he says, And if you forgotten the exhortation which speaks to you as sons? My son, do not despise the chastening of the Lord, nor be discouraged when you are rebuked by him. For whom the Lord loves, he chastens and scourges every son he receives. Praise God for, the love, for his love for me. One of the greatest blessings as I've grown older within my faith is the chastening of the Lord. Because if God did not discipline me and just let me go, how far would I go? I thank God for his conviction. I thank God that he's, he speaks to my soul and he says, you're a child of God and you don't act like that. You remember who you are. God does not let us, uh, let us go with our sin. I mean, if, if you call yourself a child of God and you claim that you love God and you can get out there and sin and you just, you just, you just go at it and never feel convicted about that, you need to check who your daddy is. Because if our daddy's God, he's not going to let us live in that way. And I thank God for that. Folks, when he calls us his children, he's going to, he's going to operate within our life. Here in is love, not that we love God, but that God loved us. And sent his son to be the propitiation for our sins. And that leads me to my last. Because God's love is a sacrificial love. Here in his love, not that God loved us. Not, not that we loved God, but God loved us and sent his son to be a propitiation for our sins. He sent his son to pay the wrath for our sins. That's sacrificial and that's quite costly. For God so loved the world, what did he do that he gave? His only begotten Son. I love Romans eight thirty two. He who did not spare His own Son, but delivered Him up for us all, how shall not He, with Him, also freely give us all things? Folks, don't ever say our salvation's free because it's not. It cost God the best He had, and our salvation surely isn't cheap because He paid the best He had with His Son Jesus Christ. Nothing's free. Now, it's not by our works of righteousness which we have done. It's by his works of righteousness. His love toward us was very costly. His love toward us was sacrificial. And that's how he demonstrated his love because, Michael, he was willing to give the very best he had on your behalf. And that's how he demonstrates his love to us and so therefore again he says here in his love this is what love really is he says look at god look at how much god loves mankind here in his love not that we love god him but he loved us and how did he love us he loved us with a pre-existent love a love before the foundation of the world. He, he, he loved us with a, with a perfect love. He loves us with a demonstrative love. He loves us with an unconditional love. He loves us with an everlasting love. He loves us with a tough love. He loves us with a sacrificial or a very costly love. Oh, dear friends, at this Christmas season, we need to run to the cross, and we need to say thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Father, for loving me as you do. The God that although I don't deserve it, you to love me. The God that you were loving on me when I weren't loving on you. And 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 I pray that this this Christmas season that that you would just embrace and you would dwell and you'd meditate in God's love for you. Tonda gave a wonderful story the other night about Stephen Foster. He was raised in a godly home with godly parents. But there was a time in, in Stephen Foster's life he wandered. He you know, life had kind of beat him down. He made some bad decisions. And, you know, he he died in a very tough way. And you'd think, well, Stephen Foster must have left the faith. Or Stephen Foster, how could God love a, a drunk? I guarantee you today Stephen Foster is embracing a God who has a an everlasting love for him that this that has an unconditional love for him stephen foster made some bad choices but who in this place has not made bad choices before i just want to tell you dear friend i, I just want to say as is just as deeply as i can god loves you and this christmas season about the the whole story of God giving his son because he loves us, the reason Jesus Christ came into the world. Can you imagine? Sending your son, your only begotten son, into a sin-infested world where he knew that his son would be, his son would be um, ridiculed, his son would be rejected, his son would be tortured, his son wouldn't even be crucified. Now, who would send their son into that type of environment? God did. And he did it for you and me. And that's what the story of Christmas is all about. Yeah, a baby was born. But the real story is that God loves a fallen world. He sent his light into the darkness. And I pray today that that you would embrace that love. I pray today that the Bible says, but as many as received him, but as many as received him, does he give the power to become the children of God? Even to those who believe. You know, God's love is extended to you, but the question is have you received that love? Have you embraced that love? I ask you today to embrace the love of God. While you were yet a sinner, God loved you. While you were in your mother's womb, God loved you. You might have been in that crack house, but God was loving on you. You might have been, had been filled with anger and rage and, 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 and so ashamed of some of your past actions, but God loved you, and he still does. You know, there's a lot of people that, that live their life as, as very angry when there's people around them that's wanting to love them and embrace them, but, they, but, the, but their anger keeps them pushed away. I ask you today to embrace the love of God. I ask you today to step through the anger, to step through the unforgiveness, to step through the past and embrace the love that God has for you. Boy, there's something sweet when we just find ourselves immersed in the love of God. Would you do that today? Would you say, I receive that love today? Would you bow your head? And would you take an honest evaluation of yourself? The Bible says if we would judge ourselves, we would not be judged. Why don't you judge yourself where you are right now? You don't have to tell me. Just You, you know where you are. Be honest with yourself. And you may even think, how could God love a person like me? Let me tell you, friend, God loves you. And I'm, the, I'm asking you to embrace the love of God right now. And you, you step through your past and say, God, I receive the love. I believe that, God, I, was, I know I'm a sinner. But, you, Lord, I believe that you showed your love toward me, that you sent Jesus to die for my sins. And I receive that today. Christian, you may be here today, and you have wandered. And, and, and you feel like your relationship with the Father has been broken. But let me tell you, there's a Father that's waiting on the hill, waiting for you to come home. And I'm asking you to come home. I'm asking you to come and just kneel at this altar and say, Lord, I come back and I embrace your love. You may just want to come and just praise him and say, God, thank you for loving me. Is the Holy Spirit speaking to your life right now? Father, bless this time, Lord. Oh, God, I pray there'll be a freedom, God, to embrace the love that you love us with. In the precious name of Jesus, I pray. Amen.